0: Hello and welcome back to Rugby Collective Podcast, which may as well be a one-man podcast this week because I am the only one who's watched really any rugby. Will is obviously joining me as always, so he can add his little fountains of knowledge where he has them. And he may also talk a little bit about the champ. So he does not have an excuse because he was uh, watching another champ game this week. But not much Six Nations knowledge for you, Will. I was going to ask if you enjoyed the rugby, but I mean, maybe
1: not the the Prem, but did you enjoy the, uh, sorry, not the Six Nations, but did you enjoy the champ? Um, I mean, yeah, I was going to correct you straight away there. It's not that I've not watched rugby. I was just doing doing the, the dirty work, getting down in the championship. Um, did the media, took over the Cornish Pirates' media responsibilities for the day, um, which was good fun. Went up to Ealing to watch the the top of the table clash between the Ealing Trailfinders and the Cornish Pirates. Um, didn't quite go the way of the Pirates in the end, and Ealing showed their class, but a real good day out. Um, what it did mean is I missed all of the Saturday rugby um, I did catch bits and bobs of the Ireland Italy game though, um, but yeah, Championship was my focus this weekend—the proper stuff.
0: Yeah, back to the league. Unfortunately,
1: it's made things a little bit less competitive
0: in the champ, um, with obviously Ealing already being leaders pulling
1: that away that bit more. Um, but good, 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 uh, good quality game. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, it was a really good quality game. The first half, it looked like Ealing were going to completely put uh put a pretty ugly scoreline on the pirates to be honest. Um the the all you need to know about the game really was midfield penalty to wheeling. Billy 12 trees nudges it right onto the five and then Elon find a way over not directly from the mall but from the close drive after. So that was pretty much the tail of the tape for the first half. Um, and then the Pirates showed some real good fight in the second half despite um being in and out of of a disadvantage with they went down to 13 men at one point they came back up to 14 then went up to 4 complement of 15 and then lost a the player straight away on the next phase so that was tough for them to navigate but they came back into it and then a late ealing try made things sort of bad to worse really but yeah ealing are a proper proper side but yeah it'd be interesting to see whether ealing register to go up this season and um, i think i'm led to believe they won't be um, but that'll be interesting to see but yeah the only disappointing thing and ealing the facilities at ealing looked really good and the the bits that were there were great but there wasn't many people there if we're honest um and yeah i can certainly see why the concerns are there for the um for the seat and there's only apparently one entrance and exit out of the ground so security and safety reasons um makes it a little bit more difficult there um although the security man on the door credit to you because you were really keen to not let me in um oh always fun. at all he was really really quite adamant that i wasn't coming in for about 10 minutes um as I was sat in my car, already late because of the traffic of the Six Nations on the way to Ealing, um, so that was great. But then he did eventually let me in. I think his colleague persuaded, persuaded him to let me in. Um, so yeah, that was good fun. But yeah, there was uh, there, there could only have been sort of fans in the the the, the hundreds maybe, um, and even the the uh, Ealing fans that were stood next to me when the commentator said. Um, doesn't look like there's many people turned up today on his opening line for the commentary, uh, for the the commentary, I should say. Um, the Elon fans to the right of me said there never is, and I think that kind of sums up the the turnout at that ground by the sounds of things. But nonetheless, they were good hosts, um, and yeah, they they certainly know how to play rugby. Yeah,
0: well, when you've got the likes of Billy Twelve Trees, Tom
1: Collins, um, Tom I'm Collins to... was excellent. We we how Tom Collins isn't still in the Premiership is standard. Well, wasn't he like fourth top try scorer or something in the Premiership last season? So, yeah, kind of confusing. Yeah. Excellent player. And also, credit to B. Yellow, because B. Allo was went really well. Real. Yeah. When you've got these sorts there. of names
0: in the champ, they're going to look especially good. Do you know what I mean? Because they yeah. are very good Premiership players. So, um, although some of them may be slightly ageing, they're still going to be excellent champ players. Yeah.
1: Can I, can I just say as well, I think John Stevens uh, from the Pirates has turned into one of my favourite players in general. Um, Pirates captain, I think he played seven this weekend, but he usually plays eight. Um, And he just, he kind of summarises everything you want in a back rower. Skipper of the team flies about into everything. Every collision is just humongous. And then every time he carries that ball, you know, when someone carries the ball with just pure aggression. do you know what I mean? Like you can Mm. just, just the way they just carry into everything. Like they want to just hurt whoever's in front of them. Um, yeah, he turned it into one of my favourite players. He's, he's a proper proper player. Yeah,
0: absolutely fair enough. Right, moving on to the Six Nations, which is obviously the big topic of this week, as will be every week. Um, we might have to do something funky next week. Um, we're playing around with some ideas. We'll have to see, uh, potentially a, a, some guests. One guest, we haven't decided yet, um, because obviously it's a rest week this week. But we will be looking at the week just gone, um, and I think I predicted everything right. I'm not gonna lie, can't remember. I think I said France would win. I said Ireland would win, and I said England would win. So yes, I went very, three. unfortunately. Well, you
1: said Scotland would win. Well, we'll um, get on to we'll get on to that in a minute. We'll get on. Well, to that. yeah,
0: but that is where we will start. Scotland, France in a game. I don't want to say low on quality. I do want to say low on quality, low on real quality. Anyway, um, for considering the quality on the pitch. There's a hell of a lot of quality players on that pitch and I felt in general there was very little on display. Um, There was a few nice lines. Fiku hit an early line with a contentious tackle and then um, offside from Duan van der Merwe, which was, I thought also just we will talk on this as we go, but I thought the referee and standard this weekend was atrocious. um, Especially in the games on Saturday. Um, A lot missed for both teams, a lot um yeah uh, just we'll, we'll talk kind of talk as we go but um yeah i found the quality was kind of poor and ultimately it was a moment of absolute quality that won the game um Bialberry, barry Biel, yeah Bialberry, um popping up on the wing putting a lovely chip over and the gas on the man oh my days he
1: tore away from everyone in scotland like so put a question deep- then Question then on him. So you, one of the things you flagged up about France that was a concern of yours, and something was a little bit confusing is why they played Murfana last week on the yes, wing yes. and yes, left yes. out Bielbury. Um yes, Now he's come in. Do you still back that decision? Much much better option.
0: Oh, as in play Bialberry on the wing.
1: Yeah. So so obviously in the in the first round they, they went with Murphano. Yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. But now they brought Bialberry back in. I, I've not watched a lick of this game outside of the the, the um yeah decision yeah. at the end so in terms of like the overall team did, did it have that balance that you thought it would
0: I mean they still looked a bit unbalanced um and I don't know what it is in that backfield they still certainly stop clicking and whether it is DuPont drops into the backfield quite a bit and Luku doesn't quite do the same thing and I'm not sure whether that is potentially a factor um because just off the top of my head I'm trying to think of that du, DuPont so- the, drop into the backfield and. Luku doesn't really do the same thing. So yeah. maybe there's something to that. Um, but they were better. But surprisingly, if you put a winger on the wing instead of a 12 on the wing, the winger does
1: better. Well, typically. But I will not hear any slander over Mo No, you know No,
0: I, I really like Mo But he might be slightly better if you actually played him in his position. Especially yeah, as Jonathan Dante well, for the second game in a row. I mean, he was better than he was against Ireland, but he still wasn't great. Um nothing to note. Thought Fiku had a few good runs, scored a try, but that was all about Jaliber and quick hands. Um France going through the phases, getting it wide, and Jalibert pulling off a, a really nice pass, um, which put Fiku in the corner, but it was it was a run in, if we're
1: being honest. Um so in terms of in terms of Scotland then, so um again, because I'm literally, I am all ears for this, because I've not even spoken to you about this game because uh, yeah, we've not we've not spoken about this one at all, have we really? No, um, not really. I think by the time I was able to check my phone on Saturday, all of the chat had moved on to England Wales by that point. Um but Scotland, I think one of the main concerns going into that game was potentially could they front up against a, a huge French pack? Was that potentially where the game was won, do you think? Or or was that more did did they manage to to cope in that element? I think they actually did. They were actually quite um quite equal. There
0: wasn't a lot, as I said, wasn't a lot to separate the teams, really. Um, and I think it's more of a testament to how good France are, that France probably played quite poorly. Not poorly, but poorly to their standards of what they can play, and then still managed to win the game. Um, I think the big the big thing for me, watching it, was it was almost a repeat of last week. Um Scotland got a lead in the first half and really sat just kind of yeah they scored of oh, they only scored of their t- uh, 16 points they scored 13 of them by by half an hour in um they only then scored three for the rest of the game. and they kind of tried to do what they did um they kind of did the same against Wales second half where they kind of stopped really attacking, stopped playing, doing a lot more kicking trying to control the game with kicking which again we kind of spoke on last week it's not Finn russell's style um and it was almost like it took away any structure or any attacking um any flair, any any like um yeah that sort of aspect of their game they just it took it away completely and they were just really trying to game manage it uh, but it meant that Finally, when France did go ahead and did provide some magic, which you always knew they were going to with the players they've got um with the Bialberry try, um, with when he provided that excellence, it was kind of um, they didn't really know how to kick start and get going again. It was almost like, and they finally did right towards the end with um Carl Rome breaking a few tackles and but it was it, yeah, it's it's like they've tried to rather than keep attacking and playing their game. They've, they then try and manage it once they're ahead. And I think for the second week in a row, well, obviously, they got away with it just about in Wales. But for the second week in a row, it kind of didn't work if they'd just kept going and attacking. France were there to be had, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, one thing that you mentioned there with, uh, you, you know, you mentioned the structure and things of Scotland. Um, yeah. One of the things which I'm really excited for is is the return of Blair Kinghorn. Um, I think yeah. rumours rumors say that he should be back for the next Next round of Six Nations fixtures. Obviously, we've got a week off, um, coming this weekend uh, the, of the pod being released, um, but yeah, next week if they have Blair Cleanthorne we'll back in, we know how Gregor Townsend likes to use him as a playmaker, um, but as an out-and-out fifteen who can step in as that that first receiver at times, I think that could be a huge tell in the way that Scotland want to play their game. Um, I think the other and- problem they have with this pack in particular,
0: although they went quite well defensively as a unit. Um, Matt Fagerson went off at half time for Andy Christie. And then you had a back row of Andy Christie, Rory Dodge, and Jack Dempsey. None of them offer a lot of carry ability. When well, they're I mean,
1: Jack, Jack Dempsey does offer a decent amount to be fair. He does, but, but
0: when I'm, you're playing a France with Charles Olive on and got Gregory Aldridge, they're just bigger. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. although he offers some, he, do, he does carry when you've got a kind of a six and a seven that aren't the biggest either you're not really got much in the pack
1: oomph. And well, the thing is uh, as well, you have to you have to remember just pure if, if we're going on that that um what, what you're trying to say there, which I completely agree with, what what you've got to look at is Jack Dempsey is probably the heaviest out of those three, he's hundred and eight kilos. So it's yeah. you compare that. Probably to lighter weight, than all of the French back row. You would think so, right? So yeah. that in um, itself is a is a big
0: and a also big weirdly this tournament, T Tip- and Hugh Jones has just not got going at all, I don't think. Um, not really looked anywhere near what they were previously. Doohan was virtually anom- anonymous from this game, or for large chunks of it was. Um, and yeah, I thought Carl Rowe actually went quite well, considering he had to play on the wing. Um, I'm assuming Stain got injured uh, pre game or something because he dropped out. Um, and Harry Patterson didn't go badly, considering his. Um, it was his debut, I think. It might not have been his debut, but he has not played many tests. If it's not, um, and yeah, I thought he went okay at fullback, especially against a player like Thomas Ramos. But again, Thomas Ramos, I didn't think played well for the second week in a row. Again, Pino was fairly anonymous in this game. Jali Bear went okay. I think the biggest change and why what I kind of have said to you before is I think their biggest problem is they tried to still play as if they've got Antoine Dupont. And now, you're never going to replace Dupont, but you have got a player who plays a lot more like Dupont on the bench. Maxime Luku is not a very similar style. And I guess because of the club relationship he's got with Jalibert, that's why they're trying to play them together, I guess. But it hasn't really worked in either game. And when they do bring on um, Legarek, they do look so much more um, just... It's just that zip on the ball The ruck speeds up Everything there looks so much more dangerous And that is what Dupont brings to this team And I think yeah. Nagarek can emulate that A lot better than Luku can um, I, suppose so you. I If you're going to try and play the same style I think you just have slightly switch your tactics If you're going to play um, Luku You can't play in exactly the same style To me France have tried to do exactly that Also the worrying thing I heard after the game is apparently the coach came out pre-tournament potentially and said, oh, 85% of this squad will go to the next world cup. And um, I think it's Benjamin Kayser was saying, he was like, that's a bit of a worry really. Cause you don't want people getting comfortable. You don't want this squad to all feel so settled. Um, 85% is a hell of a lot for four years. And I know quite a lot of the squad is fairly young. But you do want players to feel like they've got a challenge for their place, and it's kind of showing they have not looked good in either game this year. Um, so I think they really do need
1: a bit some new, fresh faces coming in. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they develop up. without Dupont, isn't it? I think it's really important for them to develop that Dupont. But yeah. a win, yeah. a win on the road. It wasn't. It wasn't. Was yeah. Most of them.
0: Well. It will Win on the road is con- contentious. Um,
1: I assume you have seen this part of the game. Um, oh, yeah, we haven't even touched on this, but... The
0: big contentious issue around this is right at the end of the game, Scotland get the ball back uh, on France's try line and get the ball over the line. And it looks... The referee goes, I think that's held up, goes to the TMO. He, on the field, has no try and says, I think it's held up um the tmo then kind of goes oh it looks like it's down there's a conversation they have and it kind of goes the tmo kind of goes oh that looks like it's down um the referee uh, nick berry is kind of like oh so you're saying i can overturn my decision they nearly and he looks like he's about to award the try and then they go and then he goes actually hang on wait 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 and they relook really at it and basically they can't they decide that there is not enough clear evidence to prove um, that it was
1: definitively down. Yeah. And to be fair, I think, I don't think there was enough evidence to, defini- to definitively prove that it was down. No, I believe
0: it's down. I, I also believe
1: it down. It was, it was a try, but this is the, this is the backwards thing about the laws, isn't it? That as much as you can sit here and say it was a try, I can sit here and say it was a try. The referee probably looked at that and said he thought it was a try as well. But because it's not conclusive, they can't go back and overturn that on-field decision, which in this case works very much in Scotland's detriment. I also think it's it's
0: weird in a way that... um, It's weird that it's just so so purely down to the question. Because if Nick Berry had gone, I don't know, I have no idea, that try is given. If he goes... I think he's got it down. That try is also given. But because he said, I think it's held up. Now, yeah, there could have been a hand under it. You couldn't see from the one angle. But it was fully... It was 100% over the line because you could see from one of the uh, the side angle that where the player was. It was 100% over the line. And it looked like it was on the ground. So for me, that is kind of... It's over the line. It's on the ground. That's a try. But I can kind of see why they didn't give it. And... Um... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to take for Scotland. No Grand Slam for them. But fair play to France. Win on the road at Murrayfield.
1: It's, it's a difficult place to go. Yeah, completely agree on all fronts there. Um, yeah, France will just keep ticking on. And they'll, they'll want to keep putting pressure on um, on Ireland. Obviously, that's not... Ireland haven't won the Six Nations yet as much as they probably have. They haven't officially won it yet. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: If France beat everyone else and Ireland slip up
1: somewhere, there's still a chance. Yeah, 100%. And that's what they'll be focusing on now. Um, So, yeah, let's see um, how the rest of the tournament goes. But, yeah, France, got to keep winning, even when they're not playing so well. Yes. On to England,
0: Wales, and wowie. I think this game's... After Saturday, I went, bloody hell, Ireland are going to smack everyone. If Ireland smacks a a France team that's just beaten Scotland... And this England Wales game happened. I was like, oh dear, Ireland are just gonna decimate everyone. Um England 16, Wales 14. Hard uh, England made a bloody hard job of it, I tell you what. Um, once again, coming back from a fairly decent deficit at halftime. Um, 514. I mean, there is positives to take from England if you look at it from an English perspective. Uh, obviously, no points allowed in the second half. Um did offer some good things in attack at times. Um, and realistically, one of the tries shouldn't have been a try, if we're being honest. Um, but there's not enough there. There is not enough there in attack. I think this Fran- Wales team isn't particularly good, if we're being honest.
1: Um, well. What we've got to remember with this this Welsh team is for all of the things that we've said about the negatives that are attached to the Welsh team, be it experience. They don't have a lot of people who are going too well at club level, really, at the moment. Um, their experience comes in players who are potentially not what we've seen from those players in particular in the past. George North, um, very good player, however, he's not the the, the complete global star that he was. Seven
0: players, I think, come in from last week.
1: Yeah, so that's a big, big change. Um, but what you've got to remember is a lot of these players are going to be younger, hungrier, grittier. Playing a Gatland, playing under Gatland, who's a coach who we know is going to drive that sort of play style home. So, even though this Welsh side might not be going and targeting grand slams, evidently, what they will be doing is pushing on and making every game tougher for the opposition. To I don't think we're going to see any like walkovers with this Welsh team. Um, I don't know. I think Ireland could... But what they, I think what they might do, just on the passion and things alone of these younger players coming in, they might just disrupt Ireland as much as possible. And I think that I just think Ireland is
0: just so superior quality. I don't think you're matter.
1: Well, um, I can't really comment too much because I listened to mo- the majority of this game on the radio when I was driving back, um, back home. So I can't comment too much on this one. Um,
0: so England started off really well, actually. First five, ten minutes really really strong um picking uh, couldn't quite get couldn't quite get to the trial but really dominant I think after about 10 minutes or so it was um you looked at the territory and Wales had literally been in England's half for one phase so England had completely dominated keeping them right in the corner anyway game changes on a Ollie Chessam yellow card which I don't really think was a yellow it was a harsh one kind of it's, it's as he's, he's getting tackled um the ginger prop what's his name as Az, Rati, it's getting tackled kind of it's a glance in one off the side of the head as he kind of glances down the side chops his ear like as his shoulder it's kind of harsh I think he is getting tackled at the same time but he does go in with quite force and nail him so I can see why it was given but it was um so uh, Wales get a penalty, get some, get a yellow card, get some relief, move up the pitch, get a uh, line out on the five metre line um, of England, go for rolling maul. Atosia and I can't remember who else being uh, underhill were around the ball, got, get into the ball, Ethan Roots gets the ball, and pulls the player down, right, okay, fine, fair enough, penalty. The, the uh, line out was the the, the Maul, sorry, was about, still about five metres out. First more, he goes penalty try. Obviously, a penalty try means yellow card. Ethan roots his yellow card immediately. For me, there was no way that was no way on earth that was a penalty try. You couldn't see. There definitely wasn't going to be given. Uh, like there was no guarantee he was going to get that ball down. I told you it was all over the ball anyway. So how he would have guaranteed to get the ball down and it had five meters left to go. It wasn't like it was falling over the line and they sacked it. So um England then having to defend with 13 players and it gave Wales enough of a platform to nearly really win the game. Um, but yeah, for me, never, uh, never a penalty try and kind of didn't really agree with either yellow card. But then obviously England had to deal with down to 13 men for considerable, well, for basically 10 five minutes at least. So,
1: so not ideal. Talk me through because my dad rang me on the way back from uh, when I was on my drive back. And he just said, um, "What's gone on here? Some fellas just come and kick the ball off the tee. What what happened with that?" So England finally kick into gear, score some
0: score a try through Benner, Um, get a, a, a scrum on the five. Yayan Lloyd had a bit of a mare for this. So he dallys on the ball. Um, England hits him, uh, win a penalty, uh, win a scrum on the five meter line. I, I, this referee was slightly odd in this. He gave a few penalties when it was the ball was unplayable. Um, but like he gave two or three of them. And I'm like, generally they're given as penalty. Uh, uh, no, sorry. He gave scrums when the ball was unplayable. But he gave two or three of them. You be- rarely ever see that in a game because surely someone's at fault. Some- for the ball to be unplayable, someone is at fault for that. And it's a penalty one way or the other, you'd have thought. Anyway, the ref gives it that. Ben Earl picks and goes... Dots it down. Unbelievable try. They uh, George Ford is lined up the kick, easy kick, about five meters to the, from on the right hand post. So he takes a step left, like he always does when he takes his conversions. And so he's lined up directly behind. Takes a step left, like he always does, and stops and stands still, kind of looking at the thing. Rio Dyer runs up, kicks the ball away off his tee. The referee says, "Yep, yeah, that's fine." Um you started your walk at uh, your runner and as soon as you made any movement you started your runner george ford has literally taken a step to the side not gone forward at all and has like he's stepped aside and he hasn't like start you know some people step to the side and then step forward steps aside and is fully still he hasn't stepped to the side and then started his runner. up he stepped to the side fully still and then goes to like he does he's done his whole career Never had a problem with it. And then this time the ref like you see it all the time and the ref would go, no, you go back. He hasn't started his run up. But this time, for whatever reason, the ref decides, No, he started his run-up, so you can charge down.
1: How bizarre. So in your opinion, shouldn't have been allowed, should it, George Ford should have been enough to, to have a crack at the kick. Yeah. Yeah. Because it,
0: it you I you probably would have noticed it if you watched George Ford play before. He takes a little step to the left to yeah. set himself. And then he goes. It's not like it's part of the movement. He sets himself, and then he goes after that. It's not.
1: It's not part of the movement. Bizarre. I need to. I need to go back and watch that to be fair, because I've not. I've not seen that. So many people ask me my opinion on it. Yeah.
0: I've there's not seen definite, it.
1: There's a definite
0: pause for me. If if he then if he steps to the left and then steps forward, that's all in one movement. He doesn't. He's still getting set. So for me, it was. It wasn't. A, it should have been um, reset. And it could have cost England the game. Um, also, England still struggling. Obviously, they're doing a rush defence. Um, very na- narrow, coming up hard on the outside. Seen it a lot from Exeter this season, and maybe with Henry Slade coming in, that's what uh, being worked on even more. Um, but it does have gaps in it, and if you can get round the edge, you can create space, and that's exactly what happened for the Alex Mandry. Got around the edge, Um Actually, no, did they? I can't remember. But they cut through us anyway. I think it was Thomas Williams cut through. Um, gave it to Alex Mann, who was then under the post. It was a fairly easy try. Um, so some bad defending. England eventually get over Dingwall in the corner, um, which was nice to see him get a try, his first try for England. Um, and England just fought back in the second half. Were Just the better team in general. But if you looked at the squads on paper, of course they're the better team on paper.
1: Um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of promise coming through that Alex Mann is is starting to get a lot of um good sort of plaudits, isn't he? The, the the question mark now for a lot of the Welsh um a lot of the Welsh fans are do you back Alex Mann still at six and then just accept you've got good depth at seven with Rafael and um um uh, Jack Morgan when he comes back, or do you try and push Jack Morgan to six and play Rafael at seven? Because Rafael's obviously been brilliant at seven. Yeah. Rafael
0: um, was their best player again so disruptive at the lineout. Uh, sorry line-out, at the breakdown um yeah he he was really good uh yeah so I I think you have to have to Tommy Raphael's making himself million drop ball at a point
1: um, yeah it's, it's it's such a tough decision because we have seen Rafael and Jack Morgan play together before and they seem somewhat sort of muted based on what they do when they're on the pitch individually so I mean I think it's yeah, I don't know. I think there's going to be something to play with, but it's certainly not a bad headache for for Gallen to have. If, if Alex Mann comes through and turns into a proper player as well, then do you know what I mean, the more the more depth you can have in those situations, the better. It's not like you're going to have to completely not include yeah. any of them. Yeah, and there was another big talking point at the end of this game as well. Um, Wales pinned back
0: right on their own line. Obviously, need a penalty to win the game. Um, there's a crossfield kick.
1: And oh, of course I forgot out. about this
0: Yeah it goes out and uh, Rio Diaz fully taken in the air He just is um, Taken yeah. in the air, the ball bounces away from them both And goes out and he Full time Now yeah. I don't really know what is... I'm pretty sure Rio Diaz lands On his feet so that's why It's not given I think But he fully just got wiped out in the air So probably for me it should have been a penalty for Wales
1: yeah, I think the same. I can I can kind of see why it, it hasn't been given. As you say, Dyer Lands on his feet daily hasn't really moved into him at all. I mean, as much as he he hasn't, he, he has at the same time, if that if that does make sense. Um but yeah, I, I mean I, I agree. I think it should have been a penalty as well. I've carried on carrying a play. I was I was pretty pretty surprised that it wasn't given as a penalty, to be fair. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's pretty much all we wrote on that one, isn't it? Really quite a by the sounds of it, not the most exciting game. No,
0: not a lot to it. A lot of cagey mistakes. Um,
1: two underwhelming teams, basically.
0: Stuff to build on for both teams, I guess. And England, yeah. overnight, we're atop of the Six Nations. So.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so it says it. Says but they, it have won- they have won by a combined, what is it, six points in two games. So.
1: Yeah, so I mean... The well, Wales winning.
0: have lost by a combined three points in two games. So that's a painful one for
1: them to see. Yeah, no, very true, very true. So the final game of the weekend, I did manage to yes. catch a little bit of this one, but unfortunately it went as expected, didn't it? Italy losing a lot of players in the run-up to this one um, yeah. and Ireland just being Ireland. Um, Maybe
0: the want to lose the players for, if I'm being honest, because losing Negri and Canone, uh, L- uh,
1: obviously yeah, it's never too, been helped.
0: help, but we're, really when you look at the scoreline, I'm not sure it would have made much of a difference. Like maybe it would have been 28 nil instead of 36. Would it have meant <laughs> that uh, Italy would have won? I'm not so sure. So maybe losing them for this game and getting them back for an Italy, maybe in England, uh, not in England, sorry, maybe a Scotland, um, when they could be slightly more competitive, maybe it's a good thing.
1: Yeah. No. No. That's definitely it. So you've got to focus on the positives, don't you? I mean, the one one thing I, I found which is quite interesting, just the selection before the game was. Um, we all thought Tommaso Wallam went pretty well against England. Yeah. He was then dropped from the side, cut back to 15, um, and then Pani um Pani left on, on the wing. So that's a, a super interesting one. Just whilst I remember, actually, before we move on, um Louis Liner has just signed for Benetton. Um, that's a big talking point of the week. Looks like he's Italian qualified as well. Is Benetton yeah. maybe making that decision known? Um, that he's going to try and be, become a, a, an Italian national uh, rugby player as well. It'd be interesting to see that, but that'd be a huge boost if they have him in the ranks.
0: Yeah, obviously an excellent player, although Pani looks good. And when he they does. bring on
1: um, Mori, he's he's a very solid player as yeah. well. And they've still got a Adogui in the ranks as well to come back, probably play him through the centre, I expect. Um, yeah. If yeah. he even gets I... into that centre pairing, because good luck trying to shift Menincelo and Brexit at the moment.
0: Well, Menincelo got a stupid yellow card this week. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was for a uh, deliberate knock-on, if I'm right. Heard, I, sw- I swear. Yeah,
1: I you are right. You are right. It was, I believe.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was for tripping, wasn't it? It was another one for tripping in back-to-back weeks. Was it back tripping? Someone got done for tripping, I swear.
1: I thought it was a knock-on.
0: I might be. I swear someone got done for tripping. Again.
1: Quite possibly. Not sure.
0: Um. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, no, I actually thought Kappa went quite poorly at fullback. Um, Maybe they should have left uh, Tommy Allen. But um, yeah, this Ireland team looked very slick, very slick. I I kind of said it last week, but they looked like our point to prove. Um, Looked significantly better than anyone else. Uh, Jack Conan looked brilliant. They reshuffled half the team. They left out the likes of uh, Peter Omani, Josh van der Vliet, Dag Furlong. Uh, tag Burn Anymore Bundiaki So they left out A lot of their players And still battered them And looked very very strong Jack Conan looked hungry And really good Dan Sheehan's Unbelievable as always um, Crowley looked very competent And confident
1: He does He looks settled already Doesn't he Crowley yeah.
0: Which is a scary thing For everyone else Because this transition Was meant to be when Ireland were gettable James Lowe was excellent Again and scored a try Which I'm not I mean it's poor defending Because there's four guys on him So I'm not really sure How he scored it um, and Calvin Nash getting a try to round things off. Um, and also I thought Hugo Keenan was excellent. Um, made some, yeah. And Robbie Henshaw, both excellent. Cutting some lines that tore straight through the middle of Italy. Um, and just in general, they just had way too much. You look at metres made, it tells the story.
1: 605 um, for Ireland, 243 for Italy. Yeah, uh, that's crazy, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I, I thought one player that was um, on my radar, been on my radar for a little bit now but Craig Casey is a I'm, I'm a big fan of Craig yeah. Casey um, he came in and looked decent and I, I to be honest I think I slightly underwhelmed because I know how much Craig Casey can offer um, and I don't think he quite hit all of his heights um, that we've seen from him in a Munster shirt so looking forward to seeing him get back out there and hopefully he starts to have more opportunity because he is a very tidy player, a proper live wire of a nine um, so yeah looking forward to seeing him get a bit more game time as well
0: yeah, Menin- I was just checking, Menacello got sent off for a, a simbin on a trip. It was. And I think this was much more obvious. He literally, like... I know I argued about last week and they never got given. He literally pretty much slide tackled James Lowe. So... Um, I actually can't
1: remember it. I can't lie.
0: Yeah, he fully, like, went... It was kind of it was one of those where it wasn't... It was kind of... You were just like, oh, he's got a yellow card. It wasn't really much in it, but... um, Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm island. struggling to
1: find too much more to say about this this game, to no. be honest. I think... It's pretty um, much thought, exactly what we expected. The, the
0: only the struggle for Italy was as well. Varney, I thought, really struggled getting charged down nearly every box kick, which really didn't help the pressure on Italy. Lamoureux isn't an eight, but we kind of knew that anyway. Um,
1: I really like Lamoureux, but yeah,
0: you're right; he's not. A, he's not an eight. And ace. yeah, they just don't quite have. They don't have the squad. Let's be honest to deal with this team. Let's, anyway, let's be fair. What... Especially when you're missing a lot of their integral point pieces, they really don't have the squad.
1: Well, that's the difference, right? So uh, the the clearest-cut example is um, Bundiaki comes out of the island squad. McCloskey comes in and does a very similar job. Um, You look at some of the people that Italy have lost. Lorenzo Canoni as an example. He comes out. You don't have another eight like that to come in. Um, uh, Vincent did decent when he came in, don't get me wrong, but Lorenzo Canoni is just a step above, isn't he? So that's... You're building around this 15 at the moment and they just need to keep sort of building outside of that at the same time. Um, and I yeah. think that's the, the difference for them, isn't it? Yeah. I um, agree. Real, I think no, Lamoureux true. said Lamoureux said it well at the end, and he? said, if your line out and scrub and go like they did, you, you're never going to be in games. And he said that's something they really need to work on. And yeah, I quite agree.
0: Yeah. I fully do as well. Oh, also another one. France's lineout was all over the shop, which really allowed Scotland's in that game. Um, just a point.
1: Mm, okay, nice. Just throw it back a little bit. Appreciate that. Okay.
0: Um, but we shall now move on to my team of the week. Um, which I have spent hours making and building up. I haven't really. I spent about five minutes. But here we go. <laughs> um, I've gone for front row of Cyril Bai who I thought went really well on the loose. Um, for France. Uh, Dan Sheehan, another two tries I mean, it's a bit boring I did try and not keep too many players in um, I wanted to mix it up a bit. I don't want to release the same team of the week every week And I could have just put the Ireland team in But I tried not to um, And Finlay Beelam, who I thought stepped in for uh, Tag long And was dominant Really battered that Italian um, scrum And I thought Cyril by won a few penalties as well Well, I didn't think, I know, I watched uh, Win a few penalties against that Scotland scrum And did really well um, in there, and especially as uh, Antonio was in, in uh, off for a yellow card for a bit. Um, in the second row, I've actually got a bit row. There were other shouts of players. I could have gone for a Joe McCarthy again, but I thought no, we'll let him have another. He was he was brilliant again, but we'll go David Jenkins. I thought put himself about quite well against England, um, and it is the as a very young player is trying to really. I think he's doing a good job at leading that team, even though he is. A very young player himself not got much experience yeah, um so
1: proper cool. player, proper player. yeah
0: yeah very, very very good player and cameron walkie back in the team i think he did make a big difference that french pack um and they've got a lot of weight in there but he is just a special talent um good lineup option as well even though i just said the line went badly um caitlin doris at six it was um i know he played seven but he's six in this team. Um he went to he went to seven. Uh, he went to six when Josh Vanderfleeder came on. Um, he was everywhere. I could have gone for Conan. Um, but he played eight and I've got a different eight. Uh, but Doris was a beast. Um, as always, he's just he's just good at everything, isn't he, gavin Doris? Yeah. Um, yeah, he is. Tommy Raffel, another one that I kept from last week. Can't get drops. He destroyed won several key penalties and was very dominant. There's I'm not sure there's anyone better currently in this, well, it's not a better seven in this Six Nations this season. Um, so, yeah, agreed. Yeah, he is tearing up trees. And as we said, to even have this, before the tournament, it's a no-brainer. Jack Morgan's going to walk back into this team. To even have the discussion now, what we're going to do when Jack Morgan's back is a testament to how good Tommy Rafael's playing or how well he is. Um, ben Earl at eight. Uh, shout out Gregory Audrey, He nearly got into the team. Unfortunately, doing the thing one, one of the things he does best in winning his team a penalty and turnover, he had his knee twisted inside out by Ben White. And uh, looks like he's done his knee, he knew straight away, went down, didn't move again. Um, looks like that could be a serious one. So, hope Gregory Aldrick gets better soon. He was awesome, but he only played 40 odd minutes. So... I went for Ben Earl, who scored an excellent try, gave England some really good go forward, and he's really grown into that international H even though he's slightly smaller. Um eight, the um yeah, the go forward he gives and the players and the yards he seems to make after contact is is nuts considering he is slightly smaller. Um and yeah, really excellent, excellent try. So if you haven't seen that, I'd go and Perfect example of how you want your pick eight to pick and go off the back the base of a scrum from the five. Um, we spoke about him briefly earlier on. Craig Casey makes my nine team of the week. I didn't think a lot of nines went that well, but I thought he really came in, raised the tempo, um, showed a good alternative to I kind of said about J- uh, Gibson Park last week and how well he is and how good he is. Um, and yeah, Casey shows what he can offer, which is slightly different. He's a bit more of a sniper. And in more slightly more open games like this, I think it really suited his style. Uh, I would fully expect Gibson Park to come back in next round, but um, Craig Casey went really well. And Jack Crowley, again, I I was trying not to keep too many players, but he was just the best 10. Um, For the second week in a row, he's just slotted into this island team, just made everything tick. Got his first, get this right, he got his first ever um try in adult rugby he's never got a senior really? yes yeah, his first ever senior try in rugby this
1: weekend that's mental
0: yeah it is i heard that and i was like what yeah he's never scored for munster um so fair play to him
1: yeah too true
0: and yeah really he's just pulling the strings and looking good almost offers a slightly different, I'm not going to say he's as good as Sexton because obviously he's not, but he offers you a bit more mobility and a few more options of running rugby, which I think Ireland could use um, and get excited about that. Um, in the centres I went Fraser Dingwall. I think 12 was a difficult position. Not many players really shone. Dante didn't go too well, neither did Um McCluskey went okay, but I thought he got outshined by uh, Henshaw. Henshaw. Um, Menoncello was a, a non starter, so I went for Fraser Dingwall, who obviously picked up a try and um looked decent. He, he's it's, I think it's an acclimation period for him. He is getting used to playing test rugby, and also I think he does a lot of hidden work, and he does the same for Northampton. Um, so p- people aren't going to appreciate what he does fully yet, um, but I think if he's given more time to get used to the type and style of the game, I think he will shine more and more um, because he isn't going to score you loads of tries. He isn't going to bust through loads of tackles. He's not a Manu Lange, Um, but he does a lot of very good stuff and it's no coincidence, I said this last season, uh, when Dingle plays Northampton are good, when he doesn't play, they're not that good. And he has played a lot this season and no surprise, they have been very, very good.
1: Yep, agreed.
0: Um, Robbie Henshaw at thirteen, spoke about him. Excellent, tore them apart with some of his running lines. He's so hard to tackle, and actually playing thirteen seems to be suiting him a bit more. It's given him that he's such a hard carrier, but because he's in a thirteen, he's on that outside arc. He's on getting weaker shoulders a lot more of the time, or slightly more passive hits. So rather than just steaming in at twelve, he's getting a lot more yardage and breaking the line, and get, especially getting over the game line, but breaking tackles left right and center and it's really really suiting him and when gary Ringrose is back in it'll be interesting to see what they do there on the wings bl barry he was excellent absolute bit of magic for his try and the gas on him i hadn't noticed how fast he is but boy he blows away from everyone um serious serious wheels like even um pano's nowhere near but i know pano's not known for gas gas but um bl barry really really quick James Lowe, again, another one that I've kept in. His boot is such a dangerous weapon. Scored an outrageous try, and he's just very, very good. Um, and then the fullback is Hugo Keenan. Um, it was close with the Scottish fullback, but I went with Keenan, um, who looked excellent before he did actually go off in about the 60th minute injured. So hopefully that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, he he was tearing them apart. Um, his kicking, his running, when to run back was all of it was brilliant and he just showed why he's
1: one of the best two fullbacks in the world. Yeah, amen. Very Ireland-heavy team, obviously, but they were and are the best team in the in the competition, aren't they? So that's that's to be expected. But yeah, thank you for that team of the week, James. I would usually argue with you on a couple of those bits, but I didn't watch enough to argue with you, so unfortunately, I'm just going to have to trust you. Um, I mean, seven all. out of
0: 15, is not too, considering they absolutely, they battered decently, seven out of 15 is not too bad.
1: No, that's also very true. That is very true. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're, the, they're the most prominent team in the in the in the oh, team yeah. of the week. But again, that's uh, to, to be expected, isn't it? Um, so yeah, big thanks for that. It, everyone, let James know if his team is brilliant, if his team is yeah. crap, if his team we will is be
0: splitting up uh, about team, right. a, a team sheet. No, a team uh, a graphic again this week, like we did last week. Um, let me know on all the socials if I'm right, what players I missed. If I'm an
1: idiot, well I'm not, so don't say that. But <laughs> exactly that and just before we leave you guys I think it's good I know we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago didn't get one out last week um, but I think we should do a little bit of a domestic um, rugby corner so um, we'll start in the championship um, I think there's a couple of games that were rescheduled to play over this weekend so obviously we touched on Ealing versus Pirates, uh, Elon went away with that one uh, 40 points to 12 which makes uh, Ealing Top of the league still, um, and now pulled away quite nicely um, for the time being. And Pirates will still be in second place. Um, just an, a little bit out of reach of, of, of Elon at the moment, but a stellar run of form that they've been in at the moment. Um, and then Coldy hosted Bedford, and Bedford managed to come away with a tight 26-22 point win. Um, so a couple of good games there in the champ. Um, as you said earlier, James, Elon looked like they'd probably run away with the league from now. I think they've still got a game in hand as well, but that could be wrong. Um, but yeah, two two fantastic games. But then over in the uh uh premiership women's rugby, um in the, in the Premier 15s, what we've got is uh four fixtures this weekend. We saw Saracens narrowly defeat Harlequins 29-24 uh up in Saracens. Uh Loughborough Lightland uh hosted Leicester Tigers and they narrowly lost out uh in a 22 17 um game, Exeter Chiefs absolutely ran away with it against Sale Sharks 64 points to 5 there an absolute hammering um, of, of the Sharks, and then Gloucester Hartbury with a 24-19 win over local rivals Bristol Bear, so that, that really makes things interesting, certainly at the top of the table um, Saracens at the top on 45 points, but Gloucester Hartbury got a game in hand and are on 44 points Gloucester so, Hartbury be- have to be careful though
0: I think that's three games in a row where they've had to come back from significant um, disadvantage, oh, like the other team leading by at least like seven, 10, 12,
1: um, so three games in a row. So they are playing with fire, but they just seem to be getting away with it at the moment. Well, that is the, that is the circus, isn't it? That's their tagline. They, they play these entertaining games, and sometimes it gets a little bit scare scarum but yeah, they are, they're they they're still in touch. Um, obviously, the game in hand will well, be... top of the league, aren't they,
0: beneficial. if they win the game in
1: hand? If they win the game in hand, yeah, they will be. But obviously, you've got to win them. Um, but yeah a point behind anyway so it's going to be close when that one um continues um not too much premiership news at the moment the only thing is it looks like um guy pepper um newcastle falcons um uh, back rower 20 year old back rower really promising really come on this season, everyone's been, been talking about how good this kid looks. Um, and I can only echo those thoughts. I think he's looked fantastic. Looks like he may have signed for Bath ahead of next season. I'm not even sure if you know this one, James. No, um, I
0: don't.
1: But the rumour mill she says that. Bath
0: just signed, seems to sign everyone.
1: It. Yeah, so it, it seems as though that's done. Neil Fissler and the rugby paper are reporting today that that is done. Um, so be really interested to see where that goes. Louis Liner's is leaving Quinns at the end of the season um, to go to Benetton. Um And, yeah, I don't think there's too many more. Oh, the only other one is it looks like Andre Esterhazen may be out of contract at the end of this season um, and Harlequins will not be re-signing him. If that is the case, it looks like they're going to go full guns blazing um, for Ollie Lawrence of Bath. So it'll be interesting to see if Quinn's managed to pull that one off because that will be a huge interleague move there If, if Ollie Lawrence... Only yeah. just started to to really be in a performing bath team. We know Lawrence was fantastic in an underperforming by side last season. Um, but Weird. just started pumping in a good team. Will he leave, go to Quinns and be the main man there? I can expect he'll get a hell of a wedge.
0: Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. I guess they're bringing him in at 12. I guess it kind of depends. Um, does he want to play 13 or 12?
1: Yeah, that, that's a, that'll be a big part of the the decision, won't it? Obviously, he's been flourishing at 13 recently. Yeah. Um, but I guess if if he wants a a longer yeah, player
0: at twelve and maybe with England if England wanna go forward playing him at twelve, which the signs look to be that he was gonna play twelve and slave thirteen um is that might be more of an option. I don't know,
1: yeah, definitely true, definitely true, but it's gonna be interesting either way um so we'll we'll see how um how that one develops um but yeah we'll we'll keep you updated with anything that we hear. Um, but yeah, Premiership Cup coming this weekend as well. Got two semi finals. It'll be <laughs> Gloucester versus Exeter Chiefs at King's Home, And then Elon Trailfinders will host Leicester Tigers. So Elon, obviously, the last championship team left in the competition. Um, semi finals on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. So we'll see how they go. And we'll do a little report next week on, on how those fixtures go. We'll try and tune into them with the lack of Six Nations. So hope you enjoyed this one, guys. And we will catch you on the next one.
0: Uh, bye. We'll i